swimmers and welcome to Torpedo Swim Talk. Today I had the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with Masters World Record holder John Cox. John is such a humble and unassuming man who before discovering Masters Swimming in Later Life represented Australia for the Wallabies in Rugby Union and pioneered laparoscopic abdominal surgery in Australia. I hope you enjoy listening to to John's story as much as I enjoyed finding out more about his swimming journey. There you go, Hi, John. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Danielle. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's so good to have you on. Where are you joining us from today? Uh, I'm sitting at home at the moment. We're in Camberwell in Victoria. Yes, and we've just entered another lockdown, haven't we? We have indeed, sadly, unfortunately. Yes. You were supposed to be interstate today swimming, I believe. Yes, I was. I had planned to go to Adelaide, but uh, unfortunately not to be so today. So how I'm going to make that up, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, they're still going ahead with that carnival today, are they? As far as I know, in Adelaide. Yeah. Certainly when I last contacted them, it was going ahead. Yes. However, that's all right. It was really just in strokes that I'm not particularly adept at, so that was quite good. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get a swim in before we went into lockdown on Thursday? Yes. Yeah, I had a hard swim on Thursday with our our coach, uh, our senior coach, Sharon. Oh, excellent. I'm glad that you got one in before it all um, closed down because it looks like we're going to be in it for a little while, I think, with the number of yeah. cases we've had today. Unfortunately, yes. But I'm aiming to swim in a backyard pool tethered. Oh, Nice. Outdoors or? Outdoors, but uh, nevertheless, I'll put on some sort of a suit, although (laughs) it is slightly heated, so that to help. That's good. Oh, I'm glad that you can get something, a bit of a swim in. That's good. (laughs) Just within five kilometres. Just makes it. Oh, that's good. Good to hear. (laughs) Because I know you you, as me, neither of us are near the beach, so we can't really go for a swim down there, can we? No, not at all. It's very sad that. I know. How did you how did you keep fit for swimming during the first lockdown that we had last year, the huge one? What were you doing? Um, we got wind of that there was going to be a lockdown, and I said to Robin, with about four four hours before we left, I think we ought to get out of Melbourne. So we quickly packed and headed off to Mildura. So I had well, we had four and a half weeks up there, so that was all right. It was only Melbourne rather than the whole Victoria at that point. Yeah. So uh, then, curiously enough, after about four weeks, the things got a bit worse and the restaurants decided they wouldn't feed us because I had a uh, Melbourne licence, a driving licence. Right. So there was little point in in getting takeaway, so we decided we'd better come back to Melbourne, by which time it was the end of June anyway, so it was financially a tie-ups anyway. Yes, yeah. Oh, hopefully we get out of this soon and we can go back to some kind of normality because I know that you're a big fan of the um, Masters Swimming series that we have around Australia, so you like to go around and compete in all those events. How many do well, you... I, I, I compete in a number, not all, but... Not uh, all of them, yeah. It's good fun, yeah. Yeah. How many... How many oh, sorry. How many do you end up racing, racing in a year around, around the country? Uh, I I tend to go to uh, Tasmania. Uh, that's once or twice a year. 
Adelaide, I tend to go once or twice. New South Wales, I tend to go once or twice. Um, and Queensland, I have been in the past a couple of times, but not more recently. Yeah. So uh, I just got to save up the shekels and yes, of course, <laughs> dish of course. it out of the pocket. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I know you've had so many successes over your journey, which we're going to talk about. But how did you first get started in swimming when you were a youngster? Um, initially, what happened was when I moved into my new school, which was actually at the top of the junior school, uh, they had a swimming carnival and I happened to win a 25 backstroke, 25 metre or 25 metre backstroke or two, yeah, 25 metre backstroke race. And Mother said, she couldn't believe that that had happened. <laughs> she decided that uh, I needed to be coached. So she arranged for me to be coached by one of the coaches who was at that time training people for the uh, 1948 and 1952 Olympic Games. Right. So uh, that was Harry Hay in Sydney at the Spit Baths. Okay. Oh, wow. So that was all good fun, but... Uh, he uh, wasn't interested in teaching me backstroke. He was uh, more interested in teaching me freestyle. Oh, what's so that? I used to have uh, three or four lessons or one lesson a week on a Sunday because I was too busy doing other things anyway. So, however, that started my swimming career, I suppose, although I was, even before that, a keen body surfer in the, uh, in the ocean in Sydney. We were living in Sydney at the time. Yep. So you swam a little bit during school, but not so much when you sort of went to university. You stopped. You stopped all swimming. Uh, didn't swim at university apart from uh, when I did national service. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, no. Except we were always keen body surfers, so we would go to various beaches down in uh, Melbourne. Yeah. Or out of Melbourne, down on the coast, basically. And I know when you stopped swimming in school, you actually um, were participating in rugby union. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about that story because I think that's pretty interesting. Um, well, I, I, I represented the uh, Associated Schools group in New South Wales in their second, second 15 in 1953 then we came, I was living in Melbourne at the time, so then I came to university in Melbourne um, and played for Melbourne University. And then in 1957, there was a six-month tour of Britain and Europe and America yep. uh, where I was asked to go to the trials, but six months away from doing medicine was going to be mean I had to repeat a year. Right. Uh, and I decided, no, that wasn't really worthwhile. So uh, the following year, curiously enough, I went to the trials and played out of, uh, out of my mind, really. It played very well indeed and was chosen to go to New Zealand with uh, the Wallabies in 1958. That's amazing. So although I wasn't good enough to play in a test, I played four games against the counties representing Australia. So that was a great experience, I must say. That's enjoyed wonderful. it thoroughly. Yeah, yes. to represent Australia for, uh, with the Wallabies. What position did you play in uh, Rugby Union? I played scrum half 
they were a little little fellow place. (laughs) (laughs) Although they're all getting taller these days. They are, aren't they? Yeah. 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 I know we, uh, I don't know so much about rugby union, but um, the few games I've seen, it's a really exciting um, game to watch. Yes. Well, it can be. Since it's turned professional, I I get a little bit disappointed, but nevertheless, that's the way it was all amateur, of course, in those days. So, yeah. It's still good. And I, you just also mentioned, which I was going to touch on, um, you obviously went to Melbourne Uni and um, became a, a doctor or a general surgeon. Um, and you're a pioneer of laparoscopic, I'm going to say that incorrectly, laparoscopic surgery, yes, uh, abdominal uh, surgery. Tell us a little bit about that because that's a really interesting journey as well. Uh, yes, I happened to be in Toronto in uh, 1960, no, wait a minute, 1989, 1989, and one of the French surgeons gave a talk on laparoscopic gallbladder surgery. And at the meeting, we had a, sub, a meeting after that, uh, shortly after he'd given the presentation, and Almost everybody at, in, at that Toronto meeting in Canada decided that that was not the way to go. Uh, about three or four months later, one of uh, my colleagues uh, from Queensland, as it happened, uh, came back from working in, the, in, in uh, Scotland and said, Coxie, this really is the way that we've got to go. So... Uh, six of us then decided we'd better go to France. So we immediately packed and went off to France to have a look at this fellow and others in France and Germany to see how this was done. And we were lucky enough to be able to scrub in and, and help and just use the instruments because it's so completely different the way to do these things rather than at open surgery. Right. And it was quite obviously their results were obviously so good we had to adopt it. So uh, I was the only one in Victoria that went over there at that particular time. So although the Austin had started it, the Austin Hospital had started it back in February of 1990, uh, I got started in maybe June or July as probably the second or the third group in, uh, in Melbourne. So it was very interesting because we were developing new instruments at the time to, to, to achieve the tasks that we had set out to do. And uh, so it became uh, normal practice. And it was, uh, it's been absolutely amazing advance in, in uh, abdominal surgery in particular, but in all, all aspects of surgery. Yeah. And when you got back with that information, were you able to then share it to um, to other doctors and and students? Of course, that's, that was yep. that was our the whole the whole basis. We surgery is uh, devoted to teaching not only students but other other people as well. So that's uh, we had a lot of people. I was going around. I was uh, I went operating and demonstrating in every state in this country. Yep. Uh, over the space of the first year or two just to demonstrate what could be done. Uh, sometimes it was difficult, but nevertheless. And, of course, there had to be great improvements in television techniques so that 
people could actually see. Yep. So that took a little time to take to get adjusted as well. Yeah. That's well, amazing. I mean, what a what a, a legacy and imprint you've left on on that part of our life in Australia. That's wonderful. It's been very good, very yeah. good indeed. It's it's mean moves ahead. I mean, I retired twenty years twenty over twenty years ago, and things have moved on so rapidly since then. It's even difficult for me to keep up. Yeah, I bet, I bet. Well, that's a that's a good thing. Helping helping yes. someone that needs it. Yeah, awesome. Yes. And so after all that success in rugby union and your medical career, what brought you to master swimming? Um, well, it was interesting because in, after I'd retired, I was playing a lot of golf at the time and sailing with my wife. And, uh, and we were, you know, moderate, moderate, we're both moderate achievers in that sense. And, uh, However, in 2003, my younger daughter said, what about coming in a relay uh, at one of the Masters, World Masters or Australian Masters swimming events? So I said, oh, I'm happy to do that. So I, I uh, <coughs> went into the water a couple of times to see that I wouldn't die before I got to the other end of the, <laughs> end of the, the pool. <laughs> so we eventually swam the relay with uh, my two daughters and a boyfriend of theirs. Yep. And that was good. We didn't achieve much, but nevertheless, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then uh, the same thing happened in 2009 when I think the World Masters Games were in Canberra. And again, my younger daughter said, what about the relay? And I said, that'd be quite good. I better come and do some training. So I joined, joined her swimming club at that time because I hadn't been a member of a swimming club. So that was 2009. And again, we didn't do all that well up there, but nevertheless, it was a lot of fun. Yep. And I continued with that swimming club for two or three years, swimming, being coached by an excellent coach by the name of Vlad, who was very helpful uh, and encouraging. Uh, but I was still playing golf and I was involved in the executive of the, of the golf club as golf club captain for a couple of years yeah so uh swimming again partially went into the back blocks i suppose yeah uh, and then i would swam again with one of my daughters again but in 2010 i swam and i swam in the uh, in the victorian masters championships short course championships yeah and I swam the 100 backstroke because backstroke happened to be my stroke. Yeah. Uh, and I was looking at the results on the board at, at uh, the, the Melbourne Sports and Aquatic Centre and one of our previous Commonwealth Games, um, Commonwealth Games competitors, Patrick Devine, was standing beside me and I said, what does B mean against my name? And he said, that means it's a Victorian branch record. Oh, my <laughs> and, I was, and I was absolutely astounded. So <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing gets you in a little bit. So, it does. <laughs> so swimming has been uh, my main emphasis virtually, uh, well, not quite from then, but I was still playing golf and still very much in golf, involved in golf as well at that stage. But nevertheless, yep. it sort of got me in, so I've been swimming since. Yeah. <laughs> and then I uh, subsequently joined our present club, the Marlins, and 
I was being coached by uh, Jan Jeffrey, one of one of the world champions and world record holders, and she was so nice to to me as a um, a second claim member of this club that uh, I subsequently joined it. It was yeah. a great experience. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you had that success when you were a really young kid in backstroke and then you came back to it later on and had the same um, yes. success in backstroke. Yes. And over the, I mean, this year alone you've um, broke four, you've broken four world records in your age group for Masters. Yes. And what I find really interesting about that is the the races that were the medley, individual medley because when you first started swimming you couldn't swim butterfly, could you? Well, butterfly didn't exist when I first started swimming. <laughs> so that was an interesting story. Uh, back in uh, 2009, uh, I decided, well, if I'm going to swim competitively, I'm not bad at backstroke. Yeah. Breaststroke was not very good either. I thought if I could do butterfly, perhaps I might be able to do the medley. So at that stage, I was having some coaching also from the queue, one of our local pools, and I said to the coach there, I'd like to learn how to do butterfly. I mean, I, I had tried to do butterfly, obviously, just to see what it was all about, and I got to manage about three or five strokes, and then I was so exhausted I couldn't go on. <laughs> so <laughs> I eventually got to 15, and then I got to 25, and then I think in 2010, I did my, no, I was 2012, I did my first 25-metre butterfly. Uh, and uh, so that, that was pleasing. And then maybe even that year, being able to do 25, I might have done my first 100-metre medley. I'm not sure, but I think it was around about then I did my first 100-metre medley. So that was really my first medley at that stage. Yep. So about 10 or 11 years ago, the first medley. Yeah. That's amazing. And I, I enjoy the medley. There's a bit of variation and you can breathe and your backstroke and yes. catch up again. So that was all good fun. I love that you learnt a new skill, a difficult skill in your 70s. I think that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yes. Well, it was late, late, 70s, late 70s at that stage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. No, it was all, all interesting as it, as it went anyway. So that was, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, what attracts you to those longer uh, longer races? I know you like the four hundred IM, and I know you swim a lot of the endurance swims as well. Um, well, the sprints I, I'm not particularly good at sprinting, um, and uh, playing rugby for so many years and playing golf on an uphill golf course <laughs> it keeps you pretty fit. Yeah, it does. So I thought, you know, the middle distance is rather nice. The longer distance races, the 1500 and the 800s, I don't care much for. I do them, but I don't care much for them. Yeah. And uh, we happen to have an endurance session at our golf club, as you know, at our uh, swimming club, as you know, and uh, I do that every year. So it keeps me moderately fit. So I enjoy those middle distance, the 200s and the 400 races, I must say. Yeah particularly the medleys. Yes, yeah. And when we're not in a COVID lockdown, what's a usual training week look like for you? Well, that has varied tremendously. I mean, uh, initially I started with uh, two sessions a week and then 
gradually moved to three. And then I moved clubs to Marlins. I was uh, usually swimming at four, but that included the endurance session, which is not too, not too strenuous. Um, but now I'm doing five or six because you suddenly find that you can swim as people drop out of your age group. Uh, it, it's... You've got you've got an opportunity, so you might as well take it if you can. So, you know, records are made to be beat, beaten, and I set one in when I was uh, in the in the eighty year age group. But uh, now it's now uh, now in the eighty five year age group. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Well, let's hope you get the whole scoop of those over the next year or so. <laughs> yeah. uh, we can only but try, but there we go. <laughs> as long as we get out of COVID, I can have another try. Yes, yeah, hopefully we'll be out of it soon. I mean, five, yes. to, six, five to six sessions a week would exhaust people half your age. So I'm, I'm really, I've got so much admiration for you. I don't know how you do it. No, well, it's quite good fun, I must say, but... Uh, I do have an afternoon nap mostly now <laughs> after the training sessions. <laughs> and do you do any kind of dry land work as well, any strength work, or is it all in the water? Curiously enough, I've tried that. Yep. Um, I don't know that it did me any good. And then when I read the book that our present coach has recommended, Maglishko, yep. he says the only way to train for swimming is, is to swim. So I've tended to drop, or well, particularly with COVID anyway, I've tended to drop off the dry land. I used to go and try and do an hour every so often, twice a week perhaps. Yep. Uh, and I'm not sure that it helped me, but because the training, of, I'm swimming, I'm swimming, and that's hard work. Yes, yes, absolutely. And using the muscles that you're trying to use. So uh, that's how it works. And. And some of our our own trading sessions are exceptionally hard. And if you if you work hard, you get you get results. Absolutely. And what what's the fa- your sort of like favourite type of um, swimming set that you you always would like to go back to that you find that you get the most out of? Uh, we have a I do I like doing a set which is was set by one of our one of uh, a coach that I still go to actually where we open with four, uh, with each, one, uh, 150 of each stroke uh, on about uh, two minutes, 10 or uh, one minute, one minute 30, on one minute 30. Uh, and then it follows with uh, 300s, which are um, butterfly backstroke, Backstroke, breaststroke, breaststroke free. Uh, and then we do three 150s of, uh, sorry, two 150s of uh, fly, back and breast. And then we do a flat out 200 IM. And then we reverse the set going backwards. So uh, we do the 150s, the 250s, then the 300s, and then the broken uh, 200 IM. And having warmed up before that and cooling down after that, that's quite a hard session for me. Very hard session. <laughs> I, I do enjoy it. 
Yeah. What, how do you, how, um, how far do you usually swim in your warm up? Around, well, it depends. If it's, it's a warm up at, uh, for a training session, it's probably around about uh, four, 500 ideally, although we often do about 800 uh, in the lane that I'm in. And, but if it's before a race, I might uh, do a couple of uh, 25 metres, including a couple of 25 metres just to get the pacing for what particular event I'm in. Uh, so that might extend over 800 metres. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your race warm-up. Does that change depending on the events that you're participating in on the day or do you just do a standard one across all your events? I have a fairly standard start. I do a 200 slow freestyle and I do a 100 backstroke and a 100 breaststroke just basically for technique. And then the next 400 varies depending upon what events I'm lining up for. I tend to, uh, because in Victoria we have only one day, uh, you know, event in an afternoon or a day, I find I can only do at most three events, including, and and plus relays for those. But in two-day events, which I much prefer, I might do two events a day, well, probably not with relays or sometimes three events, Uh, but that's about my extent. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly when the, for the world records this year, I was only swimming perhaps a 50-metre race before the uh, 400 IM and before the 200 IM or vice versa after the, afterwards. And for say for that 400 individual medley world record, what's your mindset when you walk out behind the block? So what do you, what do you sort of tell yourself before that race? I have a basic problem of going out my first lap too quickly. So it's to try and slow down. Right. Uh, and the first the first hundred of the, you know, the fly hundred, to me, I'm trying to do it at a comfortable pace, yep. not flat out. But I must say I'm always weary after the, at the end of the first hundred fly. And then I have to get a bit of breather during backstroke and then I concentrate, you know, you've got to keep going, stop. (laughs) You can't rest, keep going. Uh, The breaststroke, I then try and make that my fastest possible lap. So at the end of the breaststroke, I'm fairly exhausted, but then I know I can come home freestyle. Yeah. So that's basically my attitude in both the 200 and the 400 IMs. Yeah. I try and make the breaststroke the quickest lap. It never is, of course, but nevertheless, I try and make it the quickest. You feel like it's the quickest. <laughs> yes, yes. In my mind, it's the quickest, and certainly breath-wise at the end of it, it's the, the quickest, although I'm more exhausted at the end of the of the freestyle, obviously, after having done the total event. And um, how many FINA World Champs have you been to? I know you went to Montreal, and did you go to Kazan as well? Uh, no, what happened, I went to Riccioni. Ah, uh, Riccioni. Uh, and then Kazan, Russia, uh, uh, didn't fit in with my program. Right. Then Budapest, we were planning to go, but my wife unfortunately got shingles and we couldn't go. Right. So, yes, we had then uh, obviously been to Montreal but before Budapest. Yep. And then we went to Guangzhou last year, yes. Yep. Uh, the year before, I mean, 2019. Yeah, and how did you find the Guangzhou experience as compared to Montreal? So they're very different, of course. 
Uh, well, uh, 2014 in Montreal, I was really st still just starting to swim competitively. So although though I did get places in the medleys, uh, I really hadn't trained particularly hard for them, I must say. Um, so Montreal was a lot of fun. I, I knew some people over there, so uh, we uh, I was touring a bit, a bit around Montreal at the same time. Guangzhou, yep. uh, I was a bit more serious. And yes. uh, so I happened to be with Pat Galvin, another world record holder, and, uh, and John uh, Stanton, so we had a lot of fun together. Yeah. Yeah. And um, how did you find the accommodation over in Guangzhou? I know that was a bit challenging for some people I've spoken to. No, we thoroughly enjoyed it. We were all in one large unit, so uh, we were eating out, of course, so there was no problem, but we all went our own way during the daytime. So, no, it was all, all good fun. Thoroughly enjoyed it, in oh, fact. That's good to hear. I think when, you, when you're travelling around to different places like that, um, you have to just take them as they are, don't you? If you get um, sort of caught up on things going wrong, um, then it, it upsets you and it affects your racing. So it's good to have yes. that sort of like, you know, come come what may sort of mindset when you're travelling around because problems well, always think, occur. <laughs> I think you have to if you're competing. You just uh, Unfortunately, that's the way it goes. Yeah. So anyway, we, we, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. And if you if you look back over the last few years with the racing that you've done, what what's been your absolute favourite race that you've you've uh, finished? Uh, I think the two hundred IM is my favourite race. Yeah. Um, the four hundred I find quite exhausting. I enjoy it. Yes. And I enjoy it. I enjoy it having finished it. Uh, but it is a hard event, no question about that. The two hundred, you know, I feel as though. With my level of fitness at this age, I think I can cope with that pretty well. Yeah. And uh, but I enjoy all. I enjoy them all. And uh, um, the two hundred breaststroke, I've been been taught over several years by this particular lady, and she's encouraged uh, encouraged me. And uh, I've had just a lot of fun doing breaststroke, and uh, I, I still train hard for breaststroke so it's all good fun yeah it is good fun she's now trying to uh, get me to do a 200 fly so oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've done 200 fly but it's a long way to go it's a long way to go <laughs> <laughs> do you do you fly with a breaststroke kick or with a butterfly kick uh for a 50 fly i do a butterfly uh, i do a butterfly kick yep uh for a for the, anything longer than that, I find it much more comfortable to do a breaststroke kick and a dolphin. So the dolphin gets me out of the water to breathe, but yep. the breaststroke kick gives me a bit of a glide so I don't have to take as many overarm strokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that's uh, very helpful indeed. I find it very difficult to uh, get my coach to accept that I have to do breaststroke kick, but nevertheless it's... <laughs> <laughs> she understands, I think. Yeah. Well, I think it's good that you can change between um, the 50 and the 100 and 200 as, I mean, obviously. Oh, I, I can do the 50 easily by the butterfly kick, but uh, the, uh, the longer distances I'm just getting exhausted. Yeah, of course, of course. I yes. mean, yeah, it's a long way, 200 butterfly for sure. And you slow down so dramatically as you get older anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I think that you're, I was just reading a sports science um, article yesterday talking about the best performance um, enhancing that we can give ourselves is sleep. So I think it's good that you're having that afternoon nap because... Um, I'm a good sleeper. <laughs> obviously, yeah, obviously it's helping. <laughs> and and what, I mean, obviously with COVID, we, we can't travel much, but are you planning on heading to Japan next year if we're able to? Oh, indeed. Uh, that's very important. Um so I, that's the only thing, only overseas swimming that I have planned, but uh, uh, well, oh, that's definitely on if we, can, if we can get there, but I'm sure we will be by then. Yeah. Well, most of us are now becoming vaccinated, so we should be able to cope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't, yeah, we haven't had many competitions here and obviously around the world, but let's hope that it's all opened up again next year. Oh, Adelaide's got competitions going. Perth's got competitions going. I know. Uh, I was recently up in uh, Darwin and I was able to train up there because I was holidaying up there. And yes. So the, it's only New South Wales and Victoria are yeah, down and yeah. Tasmania at the moment is still going. I hope they're still going in yeah. another four weeks or five weeks. I'm going down there. Oh, yes. Okay. For the Tasmanian um, short course. Short course, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well let's hope that that goes ahead. They've got a nice 400 IM short course. That's 16 laps, goodness gracious. Oh, that's a long way. <laughs> the thought doesn't appeal at all. <laughs> well, you're braver than I am. I like to I like to cap mine at 200. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> I was going to also ask you about um, you had a lovely acc accolade given to you in 2016, which was the Victorian um, Masters Sports Award winner of the year. How did that all come about? Uh, Danielle, I have no idea. You have no uh, idea? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, How did you get all nominated? I, all, I heard, all I heard was that I was a finalist yep. uh, for this particular uh, Masters swimming. Yeah. Uh, so we all go into the appropriate venue on the, on the night. And I got a complete shock to find really? that I'd won that particular accolade. Oh, that's so cool. it's a complete surprise, I must say. Yeah. So I assume that uh, one of our colleagues uh, wrote the appropriate article to put me in for it. So that was very nice of her. A secret nomination. That's nice to yes. hear. Yes. <laughs> And you've been president and vice president of our current swimming club and yes. also um, a delegate at MSV, which is Master Swimming Victoria. I love the fact that you're giving back to um, the sort of the governance of the sport. What, what do you sort of see as anything that we can do heading down the track to get Master Swimming more prominent in people's minds? Because there are a lot of people out there swimming, but they're not all joining Master's clubs or competition what do you see is the the biggest thing that we can do i think probably there is a general disincentive to join clubs because uh from the from the general public they see the squads training and think it's all very serious and even within the various squads there are people that don't compete so that's i'm comfortable with that yeah um 
my mindset doesn't understand it, but nevertheless, I, I accept that people want to do things that they want to do, and that's fine. In the overall, um, well, I think I'm an example of somebody that's effectively taken up swimming very late in life and been able to cope as a competitor. Um, so encouraging, you know, encouraging people to join clubs is, it should be easier, but I don't, I, I can understand people's views that they don't want to join clubs. Yeah. Nevertheless, and, and there are other squads that train even, even at the same time or slightly different times to us uh, without a general, without a coach. And there, they some of those people come from clubs, but some aren't members of clubs, but they're quite good swimmers. Yeah. Now, I think it's quite a difficult question. Yeah. It is. I think it's something that faces um, that master swimming faces moving forward, um, yes. you know, attracting people and not necessarily getting them involved in competition, but um, you know, even attracting them just just to to swim and and to the maintain fitness. Well, basically, yeah. swimming, of course, doesn't put uh, puts the shoulders joints under under some pressure. I suppose if you're not doing it correctly, uh, but otherwise, you know, athletics is not good on the knees, hips. Uh, golf, you know, is all not good on various other various joints as, as well. And swimming just tends to allow you to do things even over a long distance without injuring your joints. Yeah. Quite good. Yeah. Nice to have the water to hold you up. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and what is, I mean, what is the one thing that... A, that you, oh, I don't, I suppose not attracts, but what is the the one thing you love most about master swimming? I know you love the racing. Oh, I think the camaraderie is uh, what I most enjoy. Yeah. Uh, just to have a cup of coffee after an event or after a, go out to dinner after a function or have a cup of coffee after training. Yeah. Uh, and meet a whole lot of different people that you haven't met before in different aspects of life. I find that fascinating. Uh, so that would be my message as far as in answer to that question. It's it's good fun and camaraderie is most important. Yeah, I think so. I think having fun at training and, as you say, after training and, and mixing with all different types of people is the wonderful aspect of master swimming. Absolutely. You get people touching your toes while you're training, so you just let them pass, and that's all, <laughs> all good fun. <laughs> there's always a few. Yeah, there's always a few. Uh, a few jokes had. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, I thoroughly enjoy it. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. It's been lovely hearing more about your swimming journey, and I wish you every success moving forwards. And hopefully, you'll get down to Tasmania in a few weeks to um to do that next uh, record or go for that next record. I don't know about that, but we'll be trying. Thank yeah, you. I know you will be. <laughs> okay, John, thanks. Take Thank care. Okay, bye. Bye now.